I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 John and chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. See there in chapter 3, verse 2, he says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. There are some who teach that when you trust Christ as your Savior, you're automatically, you're all like the Lord now. Well, that's not exactly true. I want to share a couple thoughts with you that I hope will help make the gospel simple and why serving the Lord is so important. I believe it's very important for people to keep in mind that we need to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, trusting Him to take us to heaven when we die, believing that He died on the cross, paid for all of our sins, and by faith and faith alone, God saves us and gives us eternal life. And I believe that a man, once he is saved, is always saved. I do not hold back from saying that. I believe eternal security is the gospel. And if a man is not eternally secure, he's not secure. I believe that when you trust Christ as your Savior, he says, He that believeth on me hath, present tense, right now hath, everlasting life. And if you don't know you have everlasting life, I have no reason to believe you're saved. Because he says, if you believe it, you have everlasting life. And you say, well, I believe it. If you don't know you have eternal life, then I don't know if you believe it. Only way I know you believe it is you can say, I have eternal life, and I know that I'm going to heaven when, when I die. And any person who does not believe in eternal security, I treat them as a lost man. I have no choice. I have to. Because until then, I have to believe that the person doesn't understand the gospel. Because the good news is that when you trust Christ as your Savior, you're justified from all things. You have eternal life. You're God's child. You're going to heaven. I do not believe, as some have accused me of, of saying, you've just given people a license to sin. That you're just telling people that regardless of what you do, you can live like the devil and, and get away with it and stuff. Well, I, I, I don't believe that. But I do believe that a Christian can live like the devil. I, I believe a Christian can do a lot of bad things and still be a Christian. There are many who teach that when you trust Christ as your Savior, you're not going to want to do all those bad things anymore. Well, I keep wondering how come they do it. But the Bible tells us, and I want you to see this, in the book of Psalms... So look there in the 17th Psalm and the 15th verse. It says, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. I know that one day I am going to be just like the Lord. But I'll have to admit to you that at this moment... In my most holiest of moments, I am very far short of being totally like Christ. I would like to believe at this moment, yes, that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. That Jesus is the master of my life. My one desire is that I want to serve him with all my heart. That is true. But does that mean that because I want that, he is that? in every area of my life, 100%. Have you ever heard this phrase? If Jesus Christ is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. That bothered me for a long time because I had children that would obey me sometimes and not other times. So am I supposed to think, well, because you didn't obey me in everything I said, you didn't obey me in anything. Well, that, that's not true. I told him to take out the trash, he took out the trash. I says, uh, the, 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 no, the, the wash the dishes, they wash the dishes. I told them, don't, don't fight, and they fought. 
So that means that they didn't obey me in anything? No, 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 that can't be true. You see, Christ being the Lord or the master of our life is something that should be for every child of God. I believe every Christian should serve the Lord with all their heart. But if you think that a person has to, then there's something wrong. A man does not have to make Jesus Christ the Lord or the master of his life in order to be saved or to stay saved. Remember, salvation is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, I want you to take your Bible and look in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. These are two of my favorite verses in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Remember, salvation, going to heaven, must be totally by grace or totally by works. But it cannot be both ways. Because grace means the opposite of works. In other words, if God's going to give us eternal life as a gift, it has to be a total free gift. It cannot include one work or it's not free. But if it is by your works, well then it cannot be a gift because they're opposites of each other. If it is by grace, then it cannot be by work, otherwise grace isn't grace. But if it is by work, then it cannot be by grace, otherwise work isn't work because the one annuls the other. So a man is either saved totally by grace or totally by works, but he cannot be by both. So my salvation was by me putting my confidence, my trust in a work that he did, Christ did, totally. I am totally saved, 100% saved, the very moment I believed on him as I'll ever be in this life. I'm saved. I am immediately saved, totally I'm saved. And there's nothing more for him to save except to take me out of this world. But I am saved. It means I'm saved from hell. I can never go to hell. And Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of what? Not of works, lest any man should boast. So salvation is not by your works. Now, I want to relate this simple little story with you. You remember that David was a man after God's own heart. I believe that David was a saved man. God used David, the king of Israel, to write most of the Psalms. He was the, the, one of the greatest kings that we ever read about in the Bible. And one day when David should have been out, as a king should have been out, fighting battles, he wasn't. And he saw a woman, and he lusted after a woman, and he committed adultery with the woman, and had her husband killed. He was a murderer. And yet he was a saved man. He was a saved man. He was a believer. He was a saved at that moment in the act of adultery as you are sitting here this morning. You say, well, I would never do that. Don't you ever say never. You don't know what you'll do tomorrow. You don't realize that the power of the lust of the flesh and of the devil and the temptations and the trials that can hit you. Can a Christian like King David commit adultery and be a saved man? Yes, he can. Was Christ the Lord and the master of his life at that moment? No. Was he saved? Yes. Was he serving God in the midst of those acts? No. When he was having Uriah killed, was he serving God? No, he wasn't right with God. Was he a saved man? Yes. But God was not the Lord and the master of his life, but he was a saved man.
I want you also to take your Bible and turn to the book of 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter and chapter 2. Remember, I am not advocating sin. I never do that. Sin is wrong. But I want to tell you what I believe is the truth from God's Word. Because there's many people that cause people to doubt their salvation. Because if God cannot keep you saved because you commit the big sin, He couldn't keep you saved if you commit a little sin. But every one of us in this room will admit we all commit little sins. But nobody does those big sins. Well, the same God that can protect you and save you by grace from the little ones also can keep you saved from the big ones. Even though you have sinned greatly against God, can a Christian do those things and Christ not be the Lord and master of his life? Yes. Should the Christ be the master of my life? Yes. But Christians don't always do what they're supposed to do. We don't always live the way we're supposed to live. But God chastens his rebellious children. You cannot live as you please and get away with it because you have a wonderful, loving, kind, heavenly father that's going to chasten and discipline you. Understand that. Just because you go out and you commit sin doesn't mean God takes away your salvation. You're still his child, but because you're his child, your heavenly father's going to have to blister your hiney. Understand that. And maybe take you home before your time, but he still loves you. Second Peter and... Chapter 2, 2 Peter chapter 2, look in verse 7 and 8. And chapter 2 is the story about a man named Lot. In verse 7 says, and delivered just Lot. That means that Lot was a saved man. He was a man that was justified, like you and I would be justified. We commit all these bad things, God saves us, we're cleared. Just if I've never sinned. So Lot was a saved man, a justified man, but was Jesus Christ, was God himself, was Jehovah the Lord and the master of his life? No. Maybe at times. Times that you will obey and times you will not obey, but can still be saved. Lot did not always make the right decisions. He chose the wrong decision when he split with his uncle Abraham. And then he made some wrong decisions to go into a place called Sodom and Gomorrah. And he made another wrong decision to stay there. And he lost the power of his influence. And look what he says. And delivered just Lot vexed with the filthy behavior, the conversation of the behavior of the wicked. For that, what kind of man? Says he was a righteous man. Dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deed. He did the same thing. He vexed his own righteous soul because of what he saw. In seeing and hearing. Maybe he didn't participate, but he saw and it vexed his own soul, took and robbed him of the joy because, you know, he's not in a right place. He is not making an influence or an impact upon them. They are influencing him. And he lost his wife and he lost his kids. But was he a saved man? Yes. Was he a righteous man? In God's eyes, only because the righteousness that he had was a by faith righteousness. God put his righteousness to his account. Lot was not saved or justified because of his good deeds. Before or after. 
If a man has to commit himself to live a certain way in order to be saved, and then he fails upon that commitment or thinking that God saved me because I promised that I'm going to live a certain way, that's not salvation. That's not by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. Uh, salvation is the gift of God, not of works, not even the promise of what you're going to do or a performance. No. Salvation is by grace and grace alone. And yet, many of God's people will do exactly the same. There may be things you watch. You ought not watch. And you're a Christian. Can you be saved and watch pornographic stuff? Listen to filth? Tell dirty jokes? Can't you do all those things? I'd venture to say if God would reveal and pull down the, uh, a little uh, 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 a curtain up here and could throw it up here, what you did just last week that nobody else knows about, I bet you there'd be a, a, a mass evacuation out of the church. Just what you thought about. <gasps> oh, I would never. Oh, yes, you would. Because you see, you still have an old sinful nature. That's why he says, Lord, when I see you, I will be like you. Because today, we may want to be like the Lord. We want to be so godly. We want to be so holy. And yet, there's this old sinful nature that's inside of us that keeps us from performing the way we ought to. That keeps, and kind of keeps marring that image that we're trying to conform to the image of Christ. And we can't always do the things we want to do to the degree that we'd like to do them. Because there's something inside of us that pulls us down. It's called an old sinful nature. You and I, as long as we live here, we're never going to be 100% totally under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Who we'd love to be. I'm still struggling, trying to keep my mind right and keep my words right and keep my deeds right. It's a constant warfare and a battle all the days of my life. And if I have to fight it, I know you have to fight it. If I hurt sometimes because of things that you think, I know that you have to. You're no different than I am. We're all the same. We're... Human bodies, we got a sinful nature. And yet one day, yes, I will sleep and I will awake in his likeness. That's why you struggle and that's what you're fighting for. You want to be like the Lord. And yet the most godliest person that's ever lived still has some mars and some flaws in his life. We still come short of the glory of God. None of us are the perfect epitome of an example that we'd like to be. But there's people who try to get others to think, well, that's because you're not really saved. You see, because if you was really saved, you're not going to want to go out here and do all those bad things. That's not true. Remember that simple illustration? Our first birth, old sinful nature, flesh, can't do anything right. This one's not going to heaven. You need a new birth. This one is born of God. This one has a Holy Spirit. This one, born of God, can't sin. If it can't sin, it can't die. This one is divine. This one will live forever. That's why he says, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, because his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin. This one's born of God, it can't sin. That's your second birth. I still got this one. I got two of them. And that's what's caused me my troubles. And they fight all the time. And every Christian has to go through that. Look in Romans chapter 4 and verse 5. When he makes the statement here, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. When he says, But to him that worketh not, that phrase in itself means, You don't work for it, and you don't promise that you're going to work for it. 
Because God doesn't save a man based upon his promise to perform. You don't have to be willing to do anything. God is willing to save you. A dirty, lousy, stinking, good for nothing, rotten sinner bound to go to hell. And God will save just like you are. You see, in the midst of everything that I've already done, yeah. Do I have to promise to quit all these sins? Not one of them. I don't have to promise to quit. Because if I've got to promise to quit one, I've got to promise to quit them all. All right, now what happens if I don't? Oh, that's a sign you weren't really saved. You didn't mean business. See, that, that's not the Bible. Salvation is, look, we've all sinned. And Christ will save us just as I am. Right where I am. And the Bible says, when you trust Christ as Savior, now as a saved man, now does God want me as his child to serve him? Yes, with all my heart. But I don't do it because I'm trying to get saved. It's because I already am saved. And if I don't serve him, I'm still saved. How I live can never affect my salvation. If you promise that you'll live for him in order to be saved, where's the verse in the Bible that says that? You won't find one because salvation is by grace. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Just turn to your right a couple pages. 1 Corinthians and chapter 3. Now you and I know that Corinthians... Uh, Christians at this church were some very carnal-minded Christians, very worldly-minded Christians. Named about 14 major sins in this church. This church had a lot of problems. But I want you to see, first of all, 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, look there in verse 2. Unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are what? That are sanctified. That means you've already been set apart, declared righteous. You've been declared holy. Hagiazo, set apart, pure and holy. That's why he says in the last part of the verse, called to be what? Called saints. You see, the way you be, get to be called a saint is not because you live like a saint. You're a saint because God has set you apart as his child and made you pure and holy because of the payment that he made for you. That's what made you a saint. You're not a saint because you live like a saint. You may live like a saint Bernard, but if you trusted Christ your Savior, you're still a saint. In case you've never seen a saint before in your life. I want you to look at one. You're looking at a saint. Say, you don't look like no saint to me. Yeah, but you don't see me the way God sees me. You see, you see me with all my faults. God don't see them. Because he separated me from my sins. He removed them, removed them as far as the east is from the west. He cast them to the depths of the sea. They're gone. I'm in Christ. And that's how my heavenly father sees me. Now, he says that they're saints. He says that they're sanctified and they're in the body of Christ. And God has done all these wonderful things for them. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I want you to look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. These were church members and they were saved, but Christ was not, not the Lord of their life. They were not living for God. Christ was not the master over their life. They were not living the way God wanted them to live. But were they still saved? Yes. You see, if Christians can live and Christ not be the Lord and Master of their life, why would we tell a lost man that he has to make Christ the Lord and Master of his life in order to be saved? Do you see a problem? Look what he says here in verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes. And what's the next two words? In Christ. These are babes in Christ that should be mature by now, and they're not. He said, I like to talk to you as though you were spiritually mature Christian, but I can't because you're carnal. What do you mean by carnal? Fleshly minded. Meaning that there's Christians 
that are still babes living like lost people. So Christ was not the Lord or the master of their life. Is that what God wants? No, that's not what God wants, but that's reality. But are they still saved? Did Paul say, well, that's a sign you are not saved because there's divisions among you. And then, by the way, he says in chapter 5, he says, one of y'all is, is, is committing adultery with your father's wife. That's a sign you're not saved. He didn't say that. He didn't say that at all. But they had to get it corrected. And in the second Corinthian, he told them, forgive the man because the man got things right. Forgive him. But you see, if you think that because people live wrong, it's a sign they're not saved, then you ought to doubt your salvation too. He said, well, I didn't commit adultery, and I didn't rob a bank. Yeah, but did you lie? Do you have bad thoughts? Have you been angry? Have you been envious? Have you been filled with jealousy? You see, those are just as bad because sin is sin. You see, if that was true, then all of us are lost. Nobody's saved because, you see, if you think, well, Christ has to be the total Lord and Master of everything, even my Lord, he's Lord of all and not Lord of all, and if he's not Lord at all, then you're not saved. Well, then nobody would be saved. Well, where is this epitome of this individual that is so godly and so holy that Christ is totally the Lord and Master of his life? I'd like to see the man. Where is he? Nobody like that except one. And one day I shall see him, and I will be like him. But until then... I'm fighting battles just like you're fighting battles. And if we don't understand that, you're going to doubt salvation. You're going to question whether people are really saved. You know how I believe that people are saved or lost? I don't go by their life, that's for sure. And I don't care if you sing in the choir. That doesn't prove you're saved. You could be as lost as a hound dog in the end of a soup bone. Is did you or did you not trust Christ as your Savior? If you've never done that, you're lost. And yet you may live so holy. And another man said, I trusted Christ and him alone is my only hope to go to heaven. And that man will be saved and go to heaven. I don't care if he lives like a dog. Worst sign of an individual you've ever seen in your life. You say, well, it's not fair. Nobody said anything about being fair. It's called grace. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's what God's done for us. Take your Bible and look there very quickly in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And notice there in verse 1, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, this is written to the Christian. It's written to those who know Christ as Savior. Does God want you and I as his child to submit our bodies to him as a living sacrifice? Yes. But you know, this is written to the believer. It means the believer hasn't done it yet. See what it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren. This is not to the law. You don't get a lost man. To promise how he's going to live or commit his life to Christ and how he's going to live his life. You don't get a lost man to make Christ the Lord and master of his life in order to be saved. That's not the book. Nowhere in the book. Does that mean that Christ is not the Lord? No, he is Lord. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is. That's who he is. Jesus Christ is the Lord. That's who he is. But he may not be your Savior and he may not be your Lord. Because there's time when he is the master of my life. Because I have served him. And there's time when maybe I haven't served him the way I ought to in every area of my life. But growing in the Lord means that you're learning how to yield more areas of your life over to his lordship. Over to his rule. So that he is master of all of your life. And yet when you fail, admit that you fail and confess that to God and keep going. Look what he says here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. That means in view of what God's done for you. You see, because he saved me and gave me eternal life. 
And I don't have to serve God. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to give money. I don't have to pray. I don't have to do anything. Well, will I still go to heaven? Yes, I will. Well, then why do you do it? Because I want to. You see, you will serve God according to what he means to you. But nobody can legislate to you the, the morale where it makes you serve God. That's got to be something on the inside of you where you want to do right. He says that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is because of what he's done for you. See, he hasn't saved the lost man yet. That's why the lost man don't have to commit anything to Christ. That's why lost men don't have to promise to give up his sins. A lost man don't have to promise he's going to live for God. Why? Because God ain't saved him yet. But when a man is saved, because of his love should constrain and motivate me. That's, yeah, that's totally different. Because we thus judge that if he died for all, then he, he died for me. And that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him who died from and rose again. That's why I should serve the Lord, because of what he did for me. But see, the lost man hasn't trusted him as Savior yet. He, first of all, get him saved. Now that a man is saved, now here's what you need to understand. God wants you to serve him. And he makes the statement here in verse 2, And be not conformed to this world. But this is talking to the Christian. Evidently, if he's telling them, be not conformed to this world, then it means that a Christian can be conformed to the world. Look at it. It's the book. One thing I try not to do, I will not twist the scriptures to try to make them say what I want them to say. But I'm not going to change it or add to it because I want to be accepted by other people or other preachers or in any denomination or anybody anywhere. Either the book is the truth, or take the thing and throw it in the trash can. It's either the word of God or it's not. Man's either saved by grace or he's saved by works. If it's by grace, then let it be by grace. No man justifies himself in the eyes of God by his works. Either before salvation or after salvation. Salvation is a gift of God because of what Christ did for me. But be you transformed? How do you transform? See, this is where conversion takes place. This is where a changed life comes. Not to be saved, but because you are saved. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or discover whether that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When does God want me to transform my life? After I'm saved. Because of what he's done. for In view of his mercies. Look what God's done for me. Yet now I should... Yes, I want Christ to be the Lord of my life. I want him to be the master of my life. I want to serve him all the days of my life because of everything he's done for me. If he never does another thing for me, what he hath done is enough. I don't serve God because he gives me good health. I don't serve God because he gives me a good wife and, and, and good kids. I don't serve God because he gives me a place to live and a good ministry. I serve God because he paid for my sins and kept me out of hell. That alone is enough for me to serve him for the rest of my life because I can lose my wife. And I can lose this ministry and I can lose my health. And I can lose my friends. I can lose finances. I can lose all of those. But I can never lose what he did for me. And therefore I've got a reason to serve God for the rest of my life and so do you.